Welcome to podcast 266 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt on this week's pod. I'm joined by Joe, Dupe, Mad and another Joe. And that's because we are joined this week by football journalist and host of the Scouted Football Podcast, Mr. Do- Mr. Joe Donahue. Bloody hell, too many Joes. Hello, everyone, and especially welcome, Joe, for your Five Star Potential podcast debut. Thank you very very much for having me, um, guys. It's a yeah, it's a pleasure to to be on. Um, as a yeah, uh, I do enjoy the the occasional double in FM myself. So um, yeah, thank you for the invitation. Excellent. That is what we like to hear because there will be FM centric questions fired your way very shortly. Um, but on the day of recording, FM twenty three has officially been announced with the first teaser trailer. Although you could say it was more of a, a recap of what's gone on during FM22's lifespan, although that's not quite done yet, but some mm. of the records that have been broken, Mr Harland appearing quite prominently in how many goals he's scored over the game's lifespan thus far. And uh, as we look ahead into FM23 with a particular focus on Wonder Kids and all of that sort of stuff. Anyway, we will bypass our usual save update, although, um, Joe, we will ask you... What is your current save, if you've got one going on? Um, because everyone wants to know. that That's the whole point of bringing people on, is we get to find out how other people play the game and who they play as, and all of that fun stuff. So uh, regale tales of your saves of this year, or any, in fact, even your, one of your favourite saves, where it doesn't even have to be this year's game. Uh, I mean, my, my current save is one which I've, I've been sort of coming back to and... and um, I've been playing for quite a while. Uh, it's a Wigan, um, sort of just trying to. I always like to start in League One. I don't know why, but I feel like one promotion from the Championship to the Premier League seems a little bit too easy. Whereas getting the team from League One to to the Premier League seems just that little bit extra of a challenge. Um, so started with Wigan, um, and uh, I think I've ma- just about managed to. I'm, I'm in one of my sort of like down phases at the moment where I'm not playing a lot of FM. But when I get back into it, it's sort of pretty much the only thing I do once I clock off. So um, I think I'm, I'm in the Premier League at the moment, second season uh, in there after um, a first year promotion, um, at first season promotion. And then uh, I think I took three years to get out of the championship. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. But um, yeah, it's not it's not my most famous save. It's not the one which I sort of regaled tales about uh, to anyone who listened from from years gone by but it's the uh, it's it's definitely the the most recent one that I've got any particular reason for Wigan um I think it was mainly to do with the fact that you know so you know in 2020 when they went into administration um uh, I, I kind of like the idea of sort of being like the the angel manager to come in and save them and restore them to their former glory. I've done that with a couple of times. Had a few Portsmouth saves on on um, older editions when they were uh, in League Two as well, trying to sort of restore them back to the heady days of Harry Redknapp and Ben Gianni and the likes. Um, but um, yeah, that, that was that was kind of the, um, the the thinking behind Wigan. And so you're what season? A fifth or sixth season now? Did you say? Yeah, Overall. I think it's fifth or sixth season. Yeah. Um, so who's um, who's kicking it around the Wigan dressing room six years into that save? Who's kicking around the Wigan dressing room? I think who have we still got? Um, I, I had Nick Powell for a long, long time. Um, up to the point where I got him back into the Premier League, and that was just, I mean, chaos. The fact that he was coming up against my United again. Um, yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm sort of in that down phase at the moment, so I'd, I'd have to go back into the the save to see who's actually in my starting 11. Um, I imagine quite a few 
um, left wing backs from Argentina that I've managed to hoard um, always seem to do something like that. But um, yeah, I, c- I couldn't uh, couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I mean, if you want to get some Wonder Kids, I know a good book, like a little handbook that we could recommend to you. And go through kind of <laughs> lots of pictures and write-ups about these incredible players that are coming through the ranks. Um, what, what, I'll, do you I'll have a name for that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of have a, a slight suspicion of what that might be. But, um, Matt's no, I, that I much of a fan. He's got the sticker on the bookcase ready for you. I know, I spotted um, that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great dedication. It was already on there. It's been there for months. It's not just That's from... just outed football. It's not <laughs> yeah, I've just been outed <laughs> many times. <laughs> the Adam Johnson edition was great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where that was going to go then, and uh, I thought it was going to be something else. But uh, nevertheless, I don't. I don't know what if what you've said there, Doop, is better. <laughs> it rarely is. You can't yeah. cancel a man that doesn't stream, right? I mean, it doesn't. I don't think that necessarily matters. Okay. You don't have to do that. You can just be cancelled in life, right? Anyway, um, probably <laughs> better that we leave it there. <laughs> Um, actually before we do move on uh, talking about more about what you actually do Joe um, do you have like a particular save from from years gone by that really sticks out in the mind yeah um, the the one that I always go on about is sort of one of my my first saves on on the old sort of FM 12 13s Um, so you know really sort of like basic UI and that sort of thing um, for for the football manager games but it was um, it was Blackpool don't know why I chose Blackpool, had no sort of affinity or sort of connection to, to Blackpool or anything like that, but um, took them on, uh, saved them sort of from relegation in uh, in the championship, got them promoted and then went on sort of a ridiculous um, sort of title winning spree in the Premier League for, for many, many years. Um, obviously pre-Brexit time, so um, it was a bit easier to sign players from abroad, but um, I had a, a Dutch winger, left winger called Dirk Loos, who I just thought was fantastic. He scored loads. Um, signed a youngster from Everton, uh, again, a, a regen, uh, Ricky Fenlon, who became a great striker, ended up selling into Barcelona, um, which uh, just the idea of someone called Ricky from the UK playing for Barcelona is just very novel. <laughs> um, and then the, the closest I've ever come to sort of buying a club's actual shirt uh, with uh, an FM region on the back was was Rodrigo Luiz, who was a, a Brazilian number nine, signed him at sort of age 18 uh, from Atletico Paranaense uh, in sort of my, I think it was my first season in the Premier League, took a massive gamble on him. Um, and I think he got about four goals in his first season as we just survived relegation. And then from there, he, um, he I think it, it took a few seasons to get to this point, but his last few years before he ended up retiring, um, I mean, credit to him for staying in Blackpool for his entire career when he's from Brazil. I mean, you've got, you got to credit the guy. Uh, but Living the he, dream. I know, right? Um, he uh, <laughs> The tangerine dream. The ta- exactly. And I mean, I think I'd like to think that I sold him the dream on that it's by the seaside. Um, it's just like Rio de Janeiro. Um, you can probably, you know, lots of lots of people bikini clad, just not at the right time of day, really. Um, but sold him, um, so sold him to Barcelona as well, and he ended up retiring, sort of with uh, like every single honor under the under the sun. I think I ended up co-managing Brazil at the twenty twenty six World Cup as well, which was amazing because I got to link up with him there as well. So yeah, almost almost got a. Uh, a Rodrigo Luis nine Blackpool shirt from 2012, but managed to um, managed to be talked out of it. 
I mean, we're, we talked about outed football. Do we need to out Joe for calling them regens and not new gens? Is, well, is I was thinking we that. Start? Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> am I going to be? I'm going to be outed for that. I've, I've always stuck by. I'm just going to call them regens, but I know, I know the vernacular is is incorrect. We might learn Miles that cares really that much, right? Oh. And he listens. Yeah, just Miles. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's eyes when he said it. Friday Night FM's eyes when he said it. He was like, what? Regents, what? You call them what you like. I'd just like to point out there was a Ricky Pig at Barcelona. So yeah, that's quite an yeah. English name. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I know that was his name. Spelt very differently with Q's and such. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it wouldn't have been the first. Uh, right. Okay. Right. Let's, let's move on then. Um, what do you actually do for a living, Joe? Because we've kind of semi-introduced you. We've we've talked a bit about FM, and then we've now we're getting into the nitty gritty of our actual sort of interview with you. So, I guess yeah, take it from the top. We what keep, do you actually we, do for a living? We keep doing this, Matt. We we go straight into it, and then and then we kind of f- f- ten minutes in, we go, "Who are you again?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it was more because um, you've written the, the no, outline really kidding. poorly. <laughs> So that's, that's standard, though. That's outed me again. So there you go. So, so you, you, you basically said we'll bypass it, but actually, no, we'll ask you a question and then we'll go back to the. So it's actually entirely on you. So let's there not you go. fight. Let's not fight on the pod, Matt. <sighs> we are I'm just, friends, I'm just saying. Just you aware we I mean, are. We are, I'm just saying. You, you, you're trying to dig me out for it. It's actually your fault. You can Love get in you the too. Irish bin. Anyway, uh, Joe, <laughs> back to you with the person who actually matters here. Um, <laughs> It's like your parents are going uh, through divorce, these two, isn't it? Oh, it doesn't matter. No one cares about him. Um, <laughs> He's only here on a technicality. <laughs> I mean, wow. is it really? Anyway, whilst we've got a dick, we've got a guest, so let's be uh, let's be civil. Um, Joe, what do you do for a living? Let, let, let's get that started, and then we can carry on as we mean to go on. Uh, so I, I cover um, Leeds United for um, the the local paper here in Leeds. Um, so get to sort of go to matches and, and 21s games and senior team and um, sit in press conferences and write sort of, you know, your your average stories and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and operative word being sort of average, um, not <laughs> not breaking any scoops at the moment. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's fun. Um, it keeps it keeps me busy. It keeps me on my toes, especially when there's a 29 day gap between Premier League games. It's going to be very interesting if how to fill a newspaper, um, but uh, with with nothing in between. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's it's a good gig. I'm 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 very fortunate. I recognise that to to be able to sort of do something which um, aligns with something I'm so keen on, sort of out of out of previous jobs. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a bad gig. Yeah. And I suppose I mean we you we briefly spoke about Newcastle there, Joe, for a moment. People might detect the accent, but. I guess like, you know, working, because I know you've done a lot with Leeds and working and writing about Leeds, but you're not from there. So I think we, I think we need to peel a few layers back there. And Dupe, Dupe was also keen to hear more as a Man United fan, the connection with Leeds, I suppose. How have you landed there? And do you actually support Leeds, I suppose, is the million dollar question. No, I, I don't support Leeds. Uh, I support Newcastle. Uh, I'm from, I'm from the area originally. Um, yes. So uh, yeah, that was that. It was never going to be a choice between which team I was going to support or where where my mm. allegiances lay. Uh, after I started getting uh, sort of more enveloped in sort of the the lead sphere, um, obviously you do have an affinity for the for the club that you cover because um, when they do well, um, typically your ratings do well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got into it. Ended up studying here. Um, did journalism 
uh, at university and then uh, ended up sticking around working various different jobs. And then um, one came up uh, to, to work at sort of a, a local digital publisher um, doing the, the job that I do now. Uh, and from there, uh, ended up moving across to, to the local paper. And um, that's, that's where I am at the moment. But um, yeah, the, 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 the accent has probably softened a little bit, probably to the, to, to the detriment of, well, my friends will think it's to the detriment. Um, that, uh, it's, I, I'd like to think of it as sort of a little smoke screen so that people can't really tell which team I support. Um, all, not all the time anyway. Uh, but no, no, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's always been Newcastle. Um, but sometimes you do have to sort of rein it back and, and think, okay, you gotta, gotta try and keep your, your, your professional, your work head on, um, at, at this moment in time. But yeah, things like this, I, I do like to, um, sort of unwind a bit. Yeah. That's like Maddie's from South Shields. <laughs> yeah. I Just really, his accent. really hid that accent very well. <laughs> <laughs> so... So the million dollar question is how difficult is Leeds versus Newcastle for you? Um, it, in a way it's not difficult because I quite like not covering the club that I, that I support because I quite like keeping that fan element separate, but as in when the game is on, um, yeah, I, it's, I, should, I don't know, I don't really know how to answer it, but when the game's on, for example, in January at Ellen Road, Newcastle won one nil. John Joe Shelby scored a free kick uh, right yes. in front of us, um, and I'd be, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't sort of that little oh that that was a good free kick. But obviously, you, <laughs> you you're in the press box, you can't celebrate. Um, you, you know, you'd never consider that. It's just it's just not the done thing. Um, it's it also wouldn't go down well with the people that you work with. Um, so yeah, it's 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 not difficult because. Obviously, obviously, I've done it so many times, and when Leeds score, you don't celebrate either. So it's um, you just kind of get used to it. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's an interesting fixture to say the least. It's amazing how these affinities come about. Like I'm a sucker for them when my football manager saves. Um, I'm I I still on my football app have I watch Malaga's results because I once managed them for for a wee while. Red Star in 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 France, um, Forest Green, all these teams that like. I love because of the whole fact of the football manager. It's just weird how very similar to you writing and obviously doing a lot with Leeds. I mean, you do a lot more with Leeds with, with what you see, but it's just incredible how these, even though you're nowhere near where these clubs are, even in the same country, it's just, it's just amazing that a game like what we play can actually get you back into that. Thinking, you know, I watch the old Sky Sports News and I'll be cheering when a goal comes in and my, my miss is like, United aren't playing. No, no, but... Yeah, that player who's just scored for, for Cambridge, I, I, I actually nurtured him for ages and I think that's because of me that he scored that goal. <laughs> so no, it's good. Loser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point, well presented. <laughs> he gets paid for doing this, yeah. you don't. <laughs> Says the man that's got football shirts behind him from random clubs. Yeah, good man. Yeah, you're only jealous. <laughs> You'd rather have football shirts than your missus behind you, trust me. <laughs> Depends what she's wearing. Uh, <laughs> um scouted football obviously you've written multiple profiles for the handbook um how did you get involved with them and what's your favorite memories or contributions to their content um how do i get involved um originally i was sort of at a loose end i was thinking i want to sort of get into football scouting and i was um trying to sort of find an outlet to 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 you know to house my writing on on up-and-coming players that was always something that i'd been interested in um found scouted um, sort of in its earlier days, um, founded by uh, Tom Curran and, and Steve Ganavis. 
uh, and they um they they you know took me on and and I wrote a few few pieces for the website in its first iteration um and then um started sort of like doing more on that social media and that sort of thing and um when we decided to to go to print with the handbooks and stuff it was um yeah it was a really nice nice moment to, to sort of have profiles that that I'd written and sort of researched uh, in in print that you know people were willing to buy and um willing to sort of uh, to read and 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 base opinions off um cuz you know that's that's essentially what scouting is it's what being a scout is people you know looking at your judgments and stuff uh, and either disagreeing and calling you every name under the sun on twitter or um agreeing and you know um remaining the silent majority but um you've got i mean in terms of memories and stuff like that the my, my favorite thing to to have come out scouted is just um you, you're gonna you're gonna call me very soppy here but um sort of like the the friendship that i've got with the the guys that um that I set it up with it's i mean i haven't met all of them i've met only met a couple of them um but yeah i consider them some really really good friends and some really really intriguing analytical minds in sort of the industry of scouting and journalism and, and loads of things um and i think that's probably the the biggest takeaway that i've got from being involved with scouted yeah definitely not going to get called soppy when you're sitting on a podcast with four other blokes that literally started talking about football manager and we have all met in real life but we've also been in that position where you haven't met everybody mm. so mm. it is a bit weird but def- definitely not soppy and I, I um think... I, sorry go go, on, go ahead no no go on you go yeah i was just gonna say like obviously it was the handbook the handbook and i think there was there was 10 different renditions kind of coming out somewhat what, every quarter i guess every three four months really nice production but the pod the podcast then because you talked a little bit about writing and we've heard a bit about you know writing with about the lead stuff and everything was the podcast a very new experience for you to start you know switching to audio content recording hosting and all of that yeah i mean at the time that i decided to to set it up um it was it, it wasn't completely new i'd done bits on the side and i'd done um podcasting before so i was familiar with sort of like the techie side of things um but in terms of the hosting and the sort of the the organization of it i think it's i'd say as well um that was all very much uh, new but I, I saw it as like a pet project to do on the side and it was i mean at, at that time that i started the podcast i wasn't um i wasn't working in sort of football journalism um it was similar sort of similar roles i was doing but there were there weren't there weren't there was never really any constant um so the podcast sort of was a constant um and it yeah, we we went past a hundred episodes uh, earlier this year, um, and yeah, it's a, it's a nice sort of like little body of work, I think, um, and it's nice to go back and listen to old episodes where you know that you've you've hyped up a player who two years down the line is scoring wonder goals in the Champions League, league or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's like a nice little record. Yeah, going back onto hyping players up, one of my favourites that you've done. I've actually got stickers on my suitcase uh, from you guys with Victor Seaman. Uh, I hyped this guy up back in 2015, 2016, uh, and he's gone on to greatness. Uh, Are there any other IRL wonder kids that you reckon you saw first that you've since gone on to bigger and better things? Um, I wouldn't say I saw them first, but um, I'd like to think that Dupe, I Dupe does clearly. You know, <laughs> Dupe has no problem saying. Twenty fifteen still pretty early for Austin, man. Like he's that was when he was what seventeen or something. Yeah. Yeah, um, I brought him on uh, against Bayern Munich when he was uh, when he was seventeen for, for Wolfsburg, and he scored the winner. Um, and ever since then, he has been a cult hero of mine, um, to the point where I once signed him for a Swansea save, and I forgot that my streaming setup was under the stairs. So I jumped up in uh, in disbelief, 
and I hit my head on the oh. stairs and he actually commented on that video. Oh, did he actually? <laughs> yeah, That's really cool. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. You know, I've got it tattooed here in Latin, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, in terms of which, which players, um, I, I did sort of the, the, the summer before he kind of took off, uh, I remember, or rather it was six, yeah, no, it was the summer before he took off. Erling Haaland signed for, um, when he signed for, for Salzburg, um, I kind of was, I looked at that and I thought, oh, because I'd seen a few of his games in, uh, in Norway um, and was really, uh, really just taken by he, the fact that he was, he, sc- he scored a, a decent amount, but not sort of anything that would make you say, this guy is the next best striker in the world. Um, but I saw, he signed from, for, for, for Salzburg and I thought, okay, they've noticed something as well. And clearly Salzburg know what they're doing in scouting circles. So, um, the, the summer before he kind of took off in that six month period when he scored with you know, every touch, um, quite similar to what he's doing now. Um, I think I remember tweeting something along the lines of, you know, Erling Haaland, six foot three, logs for legs, seriously fast, um, you know, could score a load of goals. Uh, and to this day is just that I can't believe that I decided to to tweet that because it's just one of those <laughs> yeah one of those things where <laughs> it's a it's a, a wonder kid in real life that that kind of vastly exceeds your your expectations for them um, and grossly overestimates my my eye for talent because I haven't done I haven't done that with many others tell you that now there's there's so many on there who uh, have have gone on to do absolute zilch but um yeah the the Holland one is one that I'll I'll hold on to I suppose it's kind of like saying you throw enough at a wall and, and stuff, uh, stuff will end up sticking. So, yeah. I mean, you did better than Roy Hodgson, who claimed that he wasn't going to be big enough or strong enough for the Premier League when he was still at Mulder. So. Oh, I didn't <laughs> know that. Oh, dear. Is that what Roy Hodgson said? Yeah, he uh, signed Roy, somebody uh, else instead of Haaland. He had the opportunity, didn't he, Matt? Yeah. I can't was, remember. It was. A t- I saw it not too long ago that, that like there, because he scored his uh, like obviously he's done remarkably well in the Premier League since he joined City, and a, an old tweet resurfaced from well whenever when there's he, al- there's always a tweet yeah and it was just like Roy Hodgson it, it was it it was from like a, a journalist I mean may it was mm, I can't Jordan are you I but but it's um, yeah, he went for Jordan are you instead it's yeah that, that that's it. Yeah, but I can't. Um, but yeah, he was quoted as saying whether it was in a press conference or what have you that he wasn't going to go for him. Wasn't, which... wasn't there one for Everton as well? Like they could have signed him for sixty grand at fifteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's they, been they didn't think loads he, they, they thought he'd get worse as he got older. He's yeah. still yeah. growing. Like <laughs> Hodgson's words were, "I don't think he's physical enough for the Premier League." <laughs> That's it. That that's it. Yeah, I mean that that is up there with Blackburn not signing Zinedine Zidane because they had Tim Sherwood, right? Yes, yeah, I so that's got to be up there. And did you, you have a chance? When you gonna have Lewandowski? Yeah, as well? that was yeah. the ice Le- Lewandowski. Yeah. yeah, that was that was different. This is more like Kenny Dalglish is quoted as saying, "Why do we need Zinedine Zidane when we've when you've got Tim Sherwood?" That's a Maybe. tattoo. No, that's a tattoo for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't the Zinedine Zidane. Of of sort of, but he he went on to move uh, move to Juve shortly after. I think so. Good grief, yeah, tells you everything. <laughs> had American, he? Uh, he has had a slight one. That was when he was on the, the decline. Uh, so we'll, we'll let him off. But then um, he went to Newcastle, as myself and Joe were fondly remember. So <laughs> on the decline, yeah, actually, that that is a point. Before before we move on to sort of some lighter questions, um, 
when is your sort of your the era that you started watching Newcastle, like prop when you first remember starting to support them properly? Um, quite fortunate in the sense that, well, quite fortunate and unfortunate in that I missed the 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 Keegan era uh, and um, but then picked it up. Uh, sort of in the uh, the, the Sir Bobby Bob uh, Sir Bobby uh, Sir Bobby Robson era, um, where he yeah that was kind of the the Shearer Gary Speed Craig Bellamy those sorts of Kieran Dyer Jonathan Woodgate um, around that time, sort of when Newcastle were going back on sort of European runs and that sort of thing, thinking that semi finals against Marseille were going to be the norm every season. Um, look. <laughs> <laughs> little little did I know. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think I bawled my eyes out when Didier Drogba scored in that semi-final for Marseille in the UEFA Cup. Um, yeah, that was not a, that was not a good night. Um, but it kind of set me up for disappointment for life. So um, the next fifteen years or whatever it was um, was was it, it was instructive of the next fifteen years to say the least. Um, because yeah, from going from from that to um, being bottom of the championship after two games in sixteen seventeen. Uh, that was yeah, pretty humbling. Thinking, are we gonna are we gonna do a Sunderland? Are we gonna go down two divisions? Um, but no, thankfully brought it round. Um, but yeah, around that sort of two thousand one, two thousand two, that sort of time. Lauren Robert as well. I, should, I can't forget Lauren Robert. Oh, what a left foot! The left boot of Lauren Robert. Yeah. That, do do you have like a? a I know we're gonna stick on this. But do you have a favourite player like from from that particular era that? I, whether it was at, when you were younger or they're a cult hero to you. Um, don't cult, say Titus Bramble. A cult Please hero. Don't no, say I, Titus it couldn't be, couldn't be Titus Shambles. No, no, could not be him. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say, and it's probably the popular pick, but Hatem Ben Arfa, I haven't seen, I know he's probably a decade later, but I, just the, the nonchalance and the, I'm so much better than all of you. I'm just going to do it myself. The number of times that he did that, you know, took the mantle upon himself in the 92nd minute of the game, just beat two men and curled one into the far corner. Um, the, the the amount of holes that he pulled Alan Pardew out of, um, rabbits out of hats, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, you know, the the fact that he probably wasn't even playing at his full, full capacity the entire time because, you know, of, I don't know, off-field issues or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't... I, it's, I think it'll be very rare that a club like Newcastle, um, especially sort of the, the previous iteration before uh, the takeover, um, would have ever had a player like him. So, yeah, to see that in the flesh was always was, was always something that left an impression because there were some games when he was absolutely awful uh, and was completely anonymous and then others where you thought, why is he here? Why is he not on sort of the stage with Messi and Ronaldo and Ballon d'Or ceremonies? But, um, yeah, Hatem was... Uh, was was a real a real one. It's not my favourite saying, but he is one of those streets will never forget kind of footballers from his time in Newcastle for sure. And I also think Matt, I, I don't know, did we put put him on the radar for the Wonderkid Hall of Fame before? But he he could be an uh, interesting we, option, did we? We did. did we, we we've spoken about him in those sorts of conversations. Um, we might just have a nominee we, on our hands. Um, yeah, I, I think I think maybe maybe. He's, his name has cropped up fairly recently, mm, okay. so maybe it's one to add to the to the list that we should run the rule over. Great shout. Um, lovely. Right. We've already sort of covered bits of FM, but how long have you been playing? Like You'd mentioned sort of a save from FM 12, but do, does your affinity with the game go back even further? 
Um, it, it does, it does, and it doesn't. Uh, FM twelve was probably the the first uh, version of FM that I really got into um, because that was sort of when I could fully appreciate the game. Whereas previously it hadn't been. I, I don't know. I think a lot of the nuance of it would have been lost on me. Um, whereas I think it was two thousand and six, around that time, there was a game for the PS two called Premier Manager, maybe, um, and. I, I, I always seem to remember just being obsessed with it and it was sort of an early version of of um of a football manager um i suppose it was kind of came after the champ the champ manager days um but it was on a console which i already had so i thought well i'll go i'll go with that um and that was i, I always liked the the strategy side of it more than the um sort of the the, the actual gameplay so whenever sort of like friends were playing fifa and stuff like that while I would play it, I'd, I'd always sort of have that hankering to, I don't know, to not actually control the players myself and maybe like send them into battle based on my touchline instructions or whatever. Um, but that was always, um, that was probably the first, yeah, FM12 is the first actual copy that I got. I remember getting that for Christmas and just sort of sitting on it for the rest of the day, like just being f- like fed pigs in blankets while I just stared at the screen sort of thing. Um, <laughs> that sounds like the truth. Yeah, yeah hey, it's, all, it's, it's been all downhill from there. <laughs> It it makes him younger than us, Matt, but still older than Dave, so kind of mid-tier. It's fine. <laughs> mid-tier. <laughs> mid-tier of FM <laughs> history. So with your work at Scarlet Football mainly focusing on under-23s across the globe, who is your favourite ever FM wonder kid? Oh, that's a... Yeah, it's a big question. Um, favorite, so they gave it to me. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Um, you struck me as the type Nailed to ask. The, yeah, Nailed the it first time, so you never know. <laughs> Um, favorite FM Wonder Kid. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. The old versions of Usman Dembele back at sort of Ren. He was always one which I. It was like oh, start yeah. your save, go straight, go straight for him. Um, who was it? Uh, my, my favorite FM scouts. I always used to go for first. I'm sure that you guys probably do that. Uh, there was one. I think it was called David Montgomery. Um, he was always quite good on on the old games. Um, but for FM Wonder Kid. As you can tell, I'm probably buying time here to try and like just rack my brain back to who my favourite was. Um, I might, I'm, I think we're going to go with with Dembele, yeah, because just he, he's the one that springs to mind where I always used to go straight for him. Um, in later versions of the game, I'd probably go for Viktor Sihankov at Dynamo Kiev um, because mm. I mean I, I loved him in real, well, I love him in real life. Um, the the way that he plays, I think, is fantastic. Um, and also, I kind of just like the the novelty of signing a relatively unknown player who the I don't know the game probably wouldn't have put into the Premier League or into uh, a top five league um, ordinarily. You know, like those players that you always see who always make the same moves um, in the, the the computer sort of makes. See, one of one of my favourite players to, of that sort of ilk. Um, he, I don't think he was ever like classed as a wonder kid, but he, he was decent for at least for Premier League level. It was Casper Cusk? Um, I don't know if anyone else has sort of picked him up in the past, but he was always amazing. He'd sort of fallen off the the edge of the planet since, but um, between like FM fifteen and seventeen, he was always a really good pickup. And he, I think he, I think he'd get him, yeah, between like the ages of like eighteen and twenty two, he was. You could get him for next to nothing. I think it was uh, Copenhagen you'd pick him up from, I think. 
if memory serves correctly. He's straight out of the Kim Kallstrom uh, school of wonder kids. Oh, he's like, yeah, they, well, apart from the fact that he's Danish and not Swedish. Well, but, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs> oh, we're having I'm one tonight, potato, man, He's his potato. <laughs> I'm from South Shields. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and I suppose I suppose sticking with wonder kids, um, and, and I mean, I maybe maybe we've touched on Ben Arfa there, we've touched on Dembele, but... What like would would there be any wonder kid you'd nominate as worthy of our our Hall of Fame? Who who would your kind of decision be rest with? And just to I suppose if if you haven't heard it, Joe, we normally look at kind of players who are probably no longer wonder kids, I guess. But um, you know, we look at their their wonder kidness in game, and if you have any fond memories of them, and then we like to compare them to real life. It's sometimes it's nice if they've not quite peaked um, and done a Messi or a, or a Ronaldo on it. But is there anyone that comes to mind in that sense? Um, I think when I read the sort of the, the the crib sheet, I was looking at that and thinking, who is the five star potential sort of into the future? Who's going to be who's going to be into the oh, Hall okay. of Fame in f- sort of fifteen years? Um, so you might have to come We're back. We'll take that. We'll still, we? still be here. Yeah, I mean, we'll still no, be here years, no. <laughs> <laughs> episode one thousand two hundred sixty-six. Um, I think it's it's not answering your question, but the um in terms of the the Wonder Kid Hall of Fame in fifteen years. Um, Warren Zaya Emery, who plays for PSG at the moment, he's someone who um, very, very mobile, just a great athlete, has motors through the gears, um, central midfielder with you know really good ball control, you know one of the best that that I've ever seen at sort of that level, playing a couple of years above his actual age um, for for PSG's under 19s at the minute, you know they've just signed him to a professional contract. He's kind of very. That he's 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 the business, um, and I I think in many years to come he'll be up there. Um, in terms of Hall of Fame, it's I've just been thinking there, and I'm staying. It's a very French sort of theme, but uh, Yassine Adli. In terms of FM, <clears throat> Adli was always like you could you could get him reasonably cheapish, and also he was also like very highly rated in real life. And I think he, he was on the bench for AC Milan last time I was checking. Um, but I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of at that level where he's, he's playing for an elite club, but he's not the, one of the, sort of the world beaters. Um, but yeah, he was, I mean, he's also not in the Cherno Samba category where it kind of just falls off a cliff. That's a good shot. I think he's definitely been, a, uh, we probably go back a couple of years ago, but he, he was definitely bargain in terms of signing but also very very much high potential high quality I think I definitely had him in, in a save Valencia comes to mind um, just on Emery Warren Zaire Emery like I'm trying to picture him in my head in, in FM 22 I, I don't know if I've come across him would he would have been too young for it has he been in the game does anyone know he might have been I think he's 2006 born so I think he probably is too young unless obviously he got like the Odegaard special dispensation um, but yeah. Yeah, I think he might be too young. So he's one for FM23. He'll definitely be in that. One to watch for FM. That was one of the questions I think we were going to say is like, is there anyone you would tip, especially now, obviously today we've heard FM23 come out. Anyone you would tip to watch out for in, in FM23? So there's one. Yeah, uh, there's one. He's probably and going to be unbelievable as well. <laughs> hopefully, anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's been tearing it up for PSG's under 19s. Um, I think probably the ones that, I mean, they've been on games previously, but. Um, John Karikaburu at uh, Real Sociedad. Oh. He's 
he's he's a good player. Um, I think with Alex Isak moving to Newcastle, he'll get a a better run of games now as well. Um, I, I, I occasionally I've had sort of like fleeting Red Bull Salzburg saves just because I, I like the way that they do business in real life. So I kind of like to you know go in there myself. Um, and uh, their scouting of Africa has always been really good, and I like uh, Nene Dorgales, um, the sort of mid- midfielder f- for them, more of like an attacking midfielder, shadow striker type player. Um, he's he's always a, a decent pick. He'll probably be about eighteen or nineteen now, um, or he might even be older. I'm not sure. But in the the last few editions of of FM, that's who I've always sort of taken a had a soft spot for. He's not been great ability at the moment, but. He's always had that high potential, so I've always, you know, given him those minutes. So moving on to probably the question everyone wants to know. Uh, we recently visited Sports Interactive offices for our five-year anniversary. Um, we asked a couple of lads there what their all-time best FM11 was. So hopefully you can share yours. And I will say one of them added Javier Saviola, and there was a lot of gasps, so there's no pressure. Hmm. Um yeah, it's, I mean, I'm going to go unconventional and start with, I'm going to go with a 5-3-2. Um, I had... Um, you are so hipster. So very, very hipster, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, you have to be, don't you? It's one of the, um, it's, it's one of the, the entry exams that scouted. You have to be just like, far too hipster. Um, so clearly so does Siri as well. Yeah. Um, oh, st- stupid bitch. <laughs> sorry. I'm oh, sorry, can you hear my wife? Oh, no, no, okay, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'll I, I start with a left wing back because uh, I got, I mean, can I use new gens? Am I allowed? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, okay. yeah. But you have, you have to obviously elaborate. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it would be and, a bit and rubbish. And call them new gens and not regens. Yes. Otherwise, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll follow the rules. He's already been outed on Twitter. So that's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> um, Federico Strobel uh, was a left wing back from Argentina who I signed for in that Blackpool save. Uh, it that, that should be a disclaimer. It's probably going to have uh, feature quite heavily um, with players who I've used in that Blackpool save. Um, because it is just the one which, uh, just, yeah, as I said earlier, kind of, kind of just cl- clung on to. Um, there was which goalkeeper did I have? Uh, I come back to goalkeeper. Um, one of the centre halves in one of the, the the other games when um, in one of the older games was uh, that I used was was Bubakar Kamara, who's at Aston Villa now. But when he was at um, when he was at Marseille, really enjoyed him. Um, I should also me- also mention Strobel. He got something ridiculous like twenty assists in a season. Um, because I was playing a really high line um, and just channeling everything down the left and he just had like 17 crossings so it was just like pinging it onto Rodrigo Luiz's head um, I'll, go, I'll go with him as sort of one of my um, one of my two strikers uh, who else did I get? Uh, I'm trying to think about the Red Bull Salzburg save um, I think I might have got uh, Nicolo Barella on one of those or was that a different one? Whoa. Um, yeah, I think Barella is sort of like my Metzala um, in in the midfield, uh, and there was a Pescara save the Serie B team that I had, uh, where it was uh, Gaston Brugman, who's I think Uruguayan, a defensive midfielder, put him sort of at the base, sort of my, my single pivot, unless that's too hipster. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who else have I got to get uh, right backs? Who have a right back? I think I had James Tavernier actually as sort of my right back, but I'll use him as a right wing back um, in that Blackpool save because um, he, 
I think I started out with a back four, and then once I started to get those Argentine imports, um, I start I switched to a back five. Um, so that's my fullbacks. Uh, Penalty taking twenty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about that if you if your striker's a bit rubbish. Um, yeah. Who else did I have? Uh, I think up front I'll go with uh, Dirk Loos as well the, for the the Dutch sort of winger slash inside forward um, for for the Blackpool save. He was really good. Um, at just like anything that my forwards didn't pick up, he was just like cleaning up afterwards. Any rebounds, he was straight there. Um, who was there was a, another midfielder uh, in the first save? I think he was originally at Blackpool anyway. He was called Tiago Gomez, maybe. Um, he was. I mean, he probably hasn't had as good a career as I made him. You know, probably because he hasn't had the managers like I was. Um, but. He he was he, he was great at, um, at long shots. Uh, scored a few absolute rakers in his time uh, at, at Bloomfield Road before I redeveloped it um, and and changed the name to the to the Donahue Stadium. Uh, no, I'm only kidding about that part. Um, the <laughs> uh, he yeah he was good. So that's my that's my midfield three was Gomez, Brugman, and Barella. Um, two strikers: Dirk Los and Rodrigo Luis. Left backs, uh, left wing back: Strobel. Right wing back Tavernier, uh, left centre back Camera. So that's two two centre halves I've got to come up with. Um, hmm. You might have to come back to me on that because I need to sort of have a try and have a, a remember of what my sort of other saves were because I don't want to rely too heavily. Oh, actually though, there was one. Uh, sorry again, going back to the Blackpool one. Uh, Brazilian centre half called Bruno, who was kind of the um, the, the 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 linchpin right at the back, uh, sort of. Uh, an old school sweeper type player, and he won he won the World Cup with me when I was Brazil manager as well at twenty twenty six. So yeah, and then I can't remember goalkeeper in the other centre half uh, off the top of my head, but that's sort of I'm not not sure how that would work in real life, but they're just sort of my um, my favourite players that I've had in saves that have have really been um, I don't know left had an impact. I've heard you talk a lot about uh, a guy by the name of, I always butcher this pronunciation as well as every pronunciation on this spot, Ahmed Zovic. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not how you pronounce it. Ahmed Hodzic. Um, Ahmed Hodzic, yes. Um, Have you you managed him in FM? Um, And obviously he has got a move there recently. Sheffield United, if my memory serves me well. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I've never actually had him in in my teams. which mm. I don't know why, because surely he he was very gettable from from Malmo, um, but yeah, I mean he was he I mean he's in real life he's a he's a great player. He will not be in the championship very long. I think if I was gonna break the rules and select another centre half to go in that back three, probably would be Ahmed Hodzic, um, just because I think he's probably better in a three. And while you've got the stability and solidity of um, of Bruno. Uh, and then you've got maybe the the defensive midfield capabilities of of Buba Kamara. You want you want someone who's going to be able to play the ball like Ahmed Hodzic can, um, to maybe just divvy up the the, mm. the responsibilities in there. Um, but yeah, I think I'll probably go with with him. Yeah. Lovely. Well, finally, uh, we love an anecdote here. So, uh, and we do ask our guests if they have any notable encounters or funny stories from working within football. Um, so 
prior examples, we have uh, shots with Sam Allardyce, borrowing Ray Houghton's boots, um, <laughs> Miles Jacobson being subbed for Gianfranco Zola, and uh, Sam Ty smelling Virgil van Dijk. Do you have anything that can compete with any of those? Um, I've, I don't think I've got any that compete, but um, on the notion of Sam Ty smelling Van Dijk, uh, I was at a Leeds-Everton 21s game last season and the well, it wasn't even a press area, it was just a, a seat at the back of the stand, um, was right next to sort of where the directors and stuff would sit. Uh, and there was sort of like two encounters uh, and one I was sort of head buried in, in the laptop and didn't realise that, first of all, Leighton Baines had sort of sat two seats across from me. I was just like, okay, yeah, that's that's Leighton Baines, all right, fair enough. One of the best left foot in um, English football in history. Uh, and then this a sort of a, a shadowy figure came and just like stood and was kind of leaning over me. And I was like, who is that? Looked up. And as I, as I sort of raised my head to look up to see who it was, I just heard the most gruff Glaswegian accent just bark at somebody who was sort of to my left um and i kind of just i jolted i kind of caught myself um being like scared by it uh, and it was duncan ferguson and when i say he barked he genuinely did bark um and it was him Dunk. being like it was yeah he was like really intimidating he wasn't even he, d- he probably didn't even know i was there um but I, it did make me jump and then during the game um marcel brands who was the director of football there he at the time um he uh it smelled like he'd sprayed himself an entire bottle of aftershave um he smelled great but it, the the smell kind of kept kept drifting over um and sort of on the topic of smells there was one encounter that i had with john terry at stanford bridge um where i think where we, is this going we both we, we both went oh, into Christ. the into the toilet at the same time and then i kind of as you know as you're closing a cubicle door and you can see that somebody else is in there. And I was just like, has John Terry just gone? Yeah, I think he has. Yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, right, <laughs> what am I going to do here? John Terry's there. And I went, it doesn't really matter what, just do what you're going to do anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. That, <laughs> just because it's John Terry, he's not going to go out and start going, wait, look, there was, a, there was a bloke in there. There was a nobody in there. Um, he's doing his business. Um, but yeah, that was, that was uh, probably... The more the more embarrassing of the of the two stories. Not sure they can compete with um, Sam Allardyce shots. I'd love to know that what that one was about. I will say this though: you can confirm or deny whether John Terry uses the toilet in full kit or not. So. <laughs> no, no, it's um, it, it was sort of once he'd retired, so uh, he was uh, there in a. Well, still, he does that still though, right? Well, yeah. I, wouldn't stop yeah, I was wondering why why he was coming in in boots. Full kit crapper. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his Chelsea shorts around his ankles. You'll love to see it. <laughs> I'm slightly disappointed that there's no Bielsa sort of entries there at all. You reeled off a load of names, and despite w- sort of working within <laughs> within Leeds, you there's say no Bielsa. Of him. I say Emma Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean the closest that I ever came, sort of came to Bielsa was sort of just in press conferences, uh, and he was quite endearing in the sense that. Um, he, you never knew what you were going to get from him, whether it was uh, sort of a, an entire monologue about the, the ills of capitalism or, um, you know, like li- literature of South America or politics or anything like that, or he'd just give you one word answers. Um, so it was always a bit like you never knew what you were going to get. And a lot of the time when I was in those press conferences with him, it was sort of through COVID. 
um, and obviously they were over Zoom, so it doesn't really have that same personal touch before and afterwards. Um, but any, what was it? The uh, there was one in person where um, there was a, a journalist couldn't who was on a Zoom call. They couldn't um, unmute themselves in time, so they just moved on. And then at the end of the press conference, they kind of getting ready to get up and go, and Bielsa like says to his translator, "No, stop!" And to the press officer, "No, stop." There was a journalist, obviously in Spanish. There was a journalist who didn't get a chance to ask ask the question. Um, so they came back to whoever that was, and they got to ask their their questions. And I don't know, it was it was a, that was kind of a very typically Bielsa ish moment uh, where you think that he's very cold and and sort of um maybe just just off grid and just unavailable but actually he was very um yeah very heartfelt sometimes um i mean i, I know it's only a question in a press conference but um a lot of other managers probably would have got out of there as quickly as they could fair play lovely uh, well thank you very much for joining us uh today joe uh, where can our listeners find you uh they can find um me at at joe donahue uh, on twitter that's that's my personal um but uh, for for wonder kids and and you know the the next best thing on in, in in football uh get yourselves over to um to scouted football that's at scouted ftbl uh, on twitter on, on instagram um i think we've even got a tiktok tiktok but i'm not sure that we've updated that in in, in very long uh, and there's also the, the Scouted Football podcast, um, which you can find uh, if you search that on you know, all your major audio platforms. But um, yeah, no, thank you very much for having me on. I've enjoyed this. It was, um, I, think I've, I think I've come out unscathed, just about. <laughs> wait, wait till he goes out to listen to you now. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the true judgment begins. Um, anyway, that does bring episode 266 to a close. You can find the links for each of us and Joe and Scouted Football in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest football manager content. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Cheers, Joe.